The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Connor Gallagher is going to be along in a few minutes' time. Connor Gallagher is a journalist with the Irish Times, but he has written a book. Is Ireland neutral? The many myths of Irish neutrality. It is full of great uh, anecdotes and great analysis as well. So I'm looking forward to chatting to Connor about that uh, on the agenda as well today. Burnout, Trump indictments, Styles at Slain, and the Man City treble on the card. So a packed couple of hours more than a couple of hours an Irish couple what's that about three hours three hours ahead of us absolutely packed uh, wall to wall so make sure uh, you are listening for all of it you certainly want to be listening to this controversy brewing in Italy Eamon just mentioned it in the news headlines um, cyclists might be forced to take out insurance and have number plates fitted uh, on their bicycles uh, as uh, indicators or identification of who they are they say this is to try and reduce road traffic accidents and road traffic deaths in the country a shame Boland is the CEO of Irish Rural Link and he is with me as is Noel Gibbons chairperson of the Western Lakes Cycling Club. Gentlemen you're both very welcome to the show. Um, Seamus would you like to see some form of identification on bikes or cyclists in this country? Yeah I think the first thing to say is I am certainly not anti-cycling and uh, I, I know car drivers can behave just as badly as anybody else uh, so let's be clear about that. But, I mean, I, I gave an example yesterday. Not for the first time, but this happened to me, actually, walking across the Collins Street um, with the green light, the, the pedestrian light. And uh, were it not for my colleague who was with me, I would almost certainly have been knocked down by a cyclist. And it was simply unbelievable. Um, and all I was thinking afterwards, he could he continued on quite happily, and he would have... I would never have identified him or I wouldn't have known what he would look like. So there is a case for some kind of um, identification. Not sure about the insurance. I think that's a whole different uh, area, and I, I don't know if that would be easy to manage or to administrate. But I think we need some kind of acknowledgement that you know people, whether they're in cars or, or cycles, should really be a lot more careful, especially at, at, at intersections. Uh, Noel Gibbons, I mentioned, is with us as well from Western Lake Cycling Club. And uh, Noel, I mean, Seamus makes a good point. You know, he's not anti-cyclist, and most people are, are neither in one camp or the other. They both they are they are both. You know, cyclists drive, and and people who drive cycle. Um, and all too often the debate is kind of pitted one against the other. But is, is there an argument, just in terms of safety, that it might be easier to identify people when they're on a bike? Well, as if already highlighted, there both good and bad, no matter what form of transport for you is easier driving or cyclists. But there's a minority of cyclists that would not adhere to the rule of the road. Uh, but I don't think the answer is uh, by enforcing cyclists to have number plates. This has been uh, spoken about over a number of years. And um, even in New South Wales, he tried to introduce it and uh, it, it didn't work. It wasn't manageable. Where the medical, uh, legal the, uh, enforcement that you had to wear helmets they saw a decline in the number of, of cyclists. Um, the majority of cyclists that I know would already have insurance. They would be members of Cycling Ireland and would have uh, insurance cover, which would cover them if they were involved with an accident. And also, they would have all have uh, taken up cycle training at some stage, where it would highlight the importance of them adhering to the rules of the road mm. for their own safety, because... Uh, if they don't, uh, if they come in contact with a, with a vehicle, there's only going to be one winner, and that's the, the, the driver of the car. 
Yeah, and I, I appreciate the point you make, and you're right to make it that you, you know we're talking about a minority here. But again, it, it, that's also true of drivers. It, you know, the vast majority adhere to the rules of the road, but the reason the rules exist is is to try and corral that minority. So, I mean, is there not an argument applying the same logic that you do have some sort of rules because there are a minority who will blow through the red lights? And the, the rules are there. If anybody breaks the red lights, it's the enforcement there to, to stop the cyclists. And, and again, it is a very few minority. I believe that uh, if, uh, it's someone that has no respect for their own life if they're going through a, a, a red light because then they're, they're going in the line of a path. So uh, I don't know anyone with any common sense would, would do such an action. And uh, they, are, again, they would come under the full rigours of the law mm. if they're stopped by the Gardaí and they would have to produce an identification to the Gardaí once requested to do so. Seamus, I mean, that I think is a point worth making, isn't it? Because And I know you weren't making this argument, but lots of people do. They talk about junctions and cyclists breaking red lights. And the fact is... Uh, you know, that should be really a criticism of Gardaí as much as anything, shouldn't it? That there that there are already rules in place. Yeah, there are rules in place. But I suppose uh, if you look at it uh, on a daily basis, how many times will you see any kind of enforcement mechanism at junctions? I, I don't think I've ever seen guards, uh, uh, you know, and I'm pretty sure they have other stuff to be doing than to be manning the lights or managing managing junctions but honestly and I, and as i said i i quite i love cyclists i love uh, and i think i would encourage more people to do it but i i would really like people to to really find ways of enforcing it that's not the first time that happened to me it, it happened quite a few times and I, I came across situations as well. So, and there seems to be no way of making uh, the persons, maybe they are a minority, but ma- making them accountable. And I think, how do we do that? And I think if number plates are a bad idea or something, well then how do we do it? Because if, as far as I can see, um, if I had, and uh, there were, there were, you know, I, I, uh, reasons if I had fallen, I would have been in trouble. Um, definitely mm. we wouldn't have been able to identify the person going through. He would have gone, and unless there's cameras on the streets, we, and even then he had all the gear, everything was there, But uh, so you'd be, you'd be doing well to recognise him. So how do you identify somebody who, yeah. even if they are a minority, break the lights? Noel, how can you do it without having Gardaí well, standing at every junction? The other thing is, well, to improve uh, a uh, infrastructure for cyclists and to keep them separated from pedestrians, that there, there is no interaction between them. Uh, if you look overseas at Holland, um, Amsterdam wouldn't have been ruled by a car at one stage, and, and it's over to investment and an improved infrastructure where cyclists now can cycle safely at all ages, from preschools, kids cycling to school, to uh, people who have retired cycling as a form of exercise. So once we improve infrastructure, it divides pedestrians, motorists and, and cyclists. So that's something that we see an improvement around the country with more greenways. And again, with education as well, we would have used number plates ourselves here in Mayo in the past with the, uh, school children, but only for the form of education, that once they undertake a um, cycle training programme, that they would have actually then received number plates but uh, again, we had a lot of discussions and the only purpose of the number plate was to show them as a reward system, not as some form of a, as a penalty system. 
Uh, it's interesting you mentioned about uh, cycling helmets as well and, and having a legal imposition to wear them leading to a, a drop in cycling. I guess, is that the other fear you have is that you, you, you impose more rules and despite, you know, imposing them with the best of intentions, what you actually do is you create more barriers and you, you stop people cycling. Exactly. So what I want to do is entice more people to cycle. And again, there's the safety numbers. If there's more cyclists out there, there's more people uh, used to interacting with cyclists. And, more, and again, cyclists have a responsibility and should realise that they want to get on a bike as well that, that they have responsibility to other road users. A cyclist hitting a pedestrian can also create a lot of damage or and hurt. So that realise if you're travelling at 30 kilometres an hour on a bike, if you hit a pedestrian, again, the pedestrian is going to come out the worst. So there is a huge responsibility. We need to emphasise that as well with people when they get on a bike or if students take up cycling when they go to college, that they realise they should have got some form of training and that they should be aware of the rules of the road. And no, I assume, uh, like in, in, in Mayo and, and uh, across the West, you have the same situation that uh, I have in the southeast where I live and, and in Dublin where I'm broadcasting from, that you, you've had infrastructure and investment over the last few years and you've got these wands separating cyclists uh, from the road. Now, I have a real bugbear at those wands. They annoy me. They're just filthy looking and I think they're terrible. And there is apparently going to be a, an effort on behalf of government and local authorities to replace them with lower curbing. Uh, is that the type of infrastructure you're talking about? Yeah, yes, I think there should be a physical barrier between motors and, and cyclists that uh, a line or some of you say cyclists as one as a barrier isn't sufficient, that we need a, a physical barrier that will keep them separated. And again, uh, cyclists are confident in, cycling, in, in the cycling that they, they are going to be encroached upon by a, a taxis or other vehicles yeah. uh, coming in on the cycle lane. And and that those curbs, if it is ultimately curbs or whatever we put in place, that street sweepers can still access the cycling because that's something exactly. that you see up and down the country. Yesterday I was uh, driving on the fresher road and I was stuck behind two lads who were cycling out in the road and they had to cycle out in the road because the cycle lane was absolutely filthy, full of debris. Yes, so it's one thing providing the resources to provide the cycle lanes, but then resources need to provide just local authorities to uh, maintain those cycle lanes and, as you said, make sure that they are swept from any glass or any other debris that will end up in, the, in that uh, cycle lane. No, we'll get, Karen, yeah, go on, Seamus. If, if I may come in, like I'm, I think those points are very good, but uh, coming from Irish or Lunky, you, you know what I'm going to say next. Uh, the cycling opportunities for people on many rural roads are, are next to none because mm. you're talking about infrastructure there. There is absolutely no place at all. Uh, you can't even make a cycle lane because the roads are already uh, too narrow. And, uh, <laughs> we're, you know, so effectively uh, the infrastructure uh, is, is, is maybe only applicable in, in the cities uh, or the larger towns, but it, it just doesn't work at all. And in fact, it can be quite dangerous cycling in rural areas on some of the secondary roads, which are, you know, barely, you know, they're even dangerous in terms of, of um, traffic because uh, they are so narrow. Yeah, listen, I'm a fan of cycling on some of those roads myself because they are generally the, the nicer and more enjoyable cycles. But you're right, they are narrow. And this time of year, when the hedgerows are out, uh, it's hard sometimes to see something. That's coming around the, the corner. Are, yeah, exactly. Lots of contractors well. out uh, drawing grass as well at this time of year. Seamus Boland, the CEO of Irish Rural Link. Seamus, thanks a million uh, for joining us. Noel Gibbons is the chairperson of the Western Lakes uh, Cycling Club. Uh, one listener 
says you'd have to be some eager to advocate all this for cyclists. How would a five-year-old getting their first bike off Santa get insurance? As a cyclist, I have insurance through my home insurance. The issues in our road are caused by motorists. Proposals like this will reduce the number of cyclists on our roads, which is counterintuitive to what needs to happen. Catherine says, I can't imagine how it will work, but I think it would be fantastic if cyclists could be identifiable. I've been knocked down flat on my behind and banged my head twice while walking on the footpath. And another listener says, we can't even get people to wear helmets legally or high-vis vests when cycling at night. How would we get people to have number plates on their bicycles? The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.